I'm Laura, aka Biceps, personal trainer and soon-to-be-published author of Lift Yourself, out July the 25th. I believe that discovering health and fitness, and weightlifting in particular, has the power to change your life. It did mine. I found the power of lifting weights completely transformed my own personal body image, from wanting a thigh gap to feeling proud of my strong and athletic figure. After years of crazy diets and not feeling good enough, I finally felt physically successful. And I can't begin to describe how empowering it is to pick up something you didn't think you could. That feeling of ambition will transfer into your daily life and will have the habit of making you feel like you can achieve whatever you set your mind to, if you put in the work and have enough patience to see out the process. Ultimately, I believe that strength doesn't come from what you can do. It comes from overcoming the things you once thought you couldn't. I'll be exploring this idea every week, celebrating extraordinary men and women who share their stories of resilience, lifting others, and the challenges they faced along the way. Welcome to Biceps and Banter. I'm super excited to be partnering with Fitbit for this series. I'm officially obsessed with my Fitbit from tracking my sleep quality every night to monitoring my effort in workouts and general low intensity activity throughout the day. I genuinely love the brand. For me, having an awareness of this kind of health data really does help me to lead a healthier, more active life, which is very important to me. I have found that using my Fitbit watch and having the app on my phone can help give you the motivation to track your movement and supports you in pursuing a more balanced and healthy lifestyle. And remember, if you're not assessing, you're just guessing. Okay, so welcome to my podcast, Miss Jocelyn Thompson Rule. How are you? I'm really well. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me on. Well, it's honestly when I when I wrote the list, you you were top of it, and oh, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm genuinely so excited um, to have you here. It means a great deal to me. Oh, thank you, um, pleasure. So, I firstly want to introduce you to everyone listening, which might take me a while, uh, deservedly so, because. You've had such an incredible career that I have followed intently and you continue to make such a huge impact in the industry. So Jocelyn is a PT, a sports therapist, and we were doing the numbers this morning and we believe it's now over 16 years. (laughs) We're in our 16th year of experience, a Nike Global Master Trainer. And how long have you been with Nike now? Uh, Nine years this year, yeah. Wow, that's incredible. (laughs) She also has her own podcast, Fitness Unfiltered, which I have been obsessed with. Um, You've had some really powerful conversations on it and you also work very closely with Women's Health. Yep. Consult on a lot of projects there. And recently, creative director for Stylist Strong, the new uh, women-only training facility at the Albright in Mayfair. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on. But most importantly, uh, maybe you will agree, your biggest role, which is wife to BJ <laughs> and two new little superstars, uh, Bjorn yeah. and Max. Yes, so, my babies. <laughs> so, yeah, so absolutely incredible. You've been very, very busy. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe. If we can start taking it back a little bit, where where did you first start in your career? In our 16th year, where did Jocelyn start? Yeah, I started out in a PT studio, which is actually where I met BJ, which was quite handy. Um, so I kind of got two in one, career and husband. Perfect. Um, but yes, yeah, so I started out in a PT studio and at the same time I assisted football physios. So that kind of 
kicked off my interest in rehab and kind of working with athletes and rehabbing even general population as well. And then um, I went down the rehab route for a while, really, really enjoyed that and studied a lot and still use it to this day with clients. Then I had a blog for a while. Yes, tell us about that. (laughs) It was called Fit Girl About Town. Love it. I mean, what is that even? Anyway, (laughs) um, I basically set up the blog because I had so many friends kind of asking me fitness advice and I was saying the same thing all the time. And I was like, you know what, let me just put this on a platform where I can just send them to um, rather than having the same conversation. So set up Fit Girl About Town. And luckily for me, that was uh, where Nike discovered me because the conversations I was having around fitness were very similar to theirs. And so after some kind of initial back and forth with them, I became one of their master trainers, which is now nine years ago. Wow. And that's been fantastic. I've traveled, you know, the world with them. I've educated trainers globally with them. I think it's one of those things that we were talking about. When you start your career as a PT, you get your certificate and and then, you know, if if you've done an online course, then what? Are you suddenly, you know, advanced? No, from from my perspective, that's almost your permission to start the journey. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I've I've witnessed that in in the project that you've done. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, to become a PT, it's not that cheap. You're looking at a course that's maybe two or three thousand pounds to do. And so that just completely blocks a lot of people from even being able to even think yeah. about doing it. Um, so that's why we we developed it and we're sponsoring it. So it's a, it's a free course for the um, 50 uh, young people that we're working with in Croydon. Also, the team of us that are working on it, we thought about what would we love to have learned when we first started as a PT, because that's it, you've got the course and then you're out into the big wide world and it's like, now what? And that is exactly, as you've said, where the journey starts. So we've added on some pieces to the course that we feel would really benefit them before they again go out into the wild. And it's just been amazing. And and they, you know, before the course started, none of them knew each other. Mm. And now they are like this tight knit group that are just there to kind of build and support each other throughout their careers when they when they start them so it's been it's been phenomenal it's been so so cool so yeah yeah and really so it must it. be very important for them to sort of do that trial and error with each other in, yeah. in an environment that they trust yeah because I remember one of the first things when I qualified I was super prepared I had a plan I was like right me and let's say Deborah I've never <laughs> trained Deborah but just let's say <laughs> me and Deborah this is what we're going to do today and Deborah turns up she's had mm. four hours sleep she's mm. super stressed her hip hurts yeah. and the plan's off. Yeah. So it's, you it's know, like, you, now what? Yeah, yeah, now what? So you yeah. have to, that, that experience on the job of learning yeah. how to, to yeah. adapt, yeah, not yeah, just yeah. Uh, running the plan. So, yeah. yeah. And it's where, it's where you, and I continue to learn from the people that I work with. It's where you learn most of your information. Obviously, doing courses and all of that stuff helps. But yeah. um, when you're faced on the spot with, okay, this, I can't do what I'd planned today. Now, what am I going to do? Yeah. That really tests you as a trainer. So, yeah. Absolutely. All right. So that's where we started. <laughs> yeah. One of the biggest things that inspires me about you is you spend a lot of time in your professional life convincing women in particular mm. um, that being strong is a good idea, which I very much agree with. <laughs> and I feel like you have you've continued to provide like a leading light for women in fitness. For that, I'm really grateful. In my opinion, you, you've absolutely paved the way for many of us to to do the work we do today, genuinely. Um, so here we are in the, the rise of lifting. And I know from my personal experience, when I kind of 
found it, it, it changed my life. I spent a lot mm. of years chasing calorie burn and had a very transactional relationship with exercise and, and food. There's something so powerful yeah. about lifting. So the latest report from Sport England says there is more and more participation from women and weightlifting is one of the ones in significant growth. So when did you start seeing this trend? I think with the onset of CrossFit, a lot of women got into training and even gyms changed the space. So all of a sudden, every kind of regular gym has a lifting platform. That was never the case maybe eight to ten years ago. So whilst a lot of people bag it, I think it was part of the stimulus to get women more involved in strength training. Yeah, And then other gyms kind of caught on and people were like, oh, maybe we should provide, you know, more of a space for people to lift and so on and so forth. So I think it's probably that was part of it. But now just just more women are doing it. And even um, say with Olympic weightlifting, for example, qualifying numbers for women have now gone up because there's more women weightlifting. So all yeah. of a sudden it was just right. Let's have numbers so that, you know, we can really encourage women to to get into to lifting and we're not going to have that barrier too high. Yeah. And now actually there are so many women doing Olympic weightlifting and powerlifting and so on that actually they're like, OK, we now can't let everyone in. We actually have to raise that standard Absolutely. and raise what those qualifying weights are. So that's fantastic. And um, that's like a, a huge change, which is amazing. Totally. And I, I still get um, a lot of feedback from people that are it's sort of in more commercial gyms, that it's still the man zone. Yeah. The, the, the weights area. Yeah. Is, is that your experience too of some of your clients or feedback? You know, it still is. That's the, that's the reality. I think that's changing. And I think that whilst women know that they should strength train or strength training is good for them, they still don't necessarily know how to do it. And gyms, whether you, you know, are confident lifting or not, are intimidating spaces. If I yeah. go into a new gym, I need to figure out where I'm going to go. Where's this section that I need? Where's that section that I need? So you have to go and you kind of have to do a bit of a scan of the room and work out where you're going to be and then get on with what you're doing. So even for someone who's experienced, you still have to do that, right, okay, let me just suss this place out. For somebody that doesn't feel like they know what they're doing, all of a sudden that is increased tenfold and it's a really, really intimidating space. And the funny thing is, I think in, in gyms, women, when they're in there, they think, oh, my God, people are looking at me. Most people are too busy looking at yeah, themselves. But so true. it's that voice inside your head that's like, oh, God, people are going to look at me and they're going to think, what am I doing and all that kind of stuff. So it is quite a man's own. Um, but I, you know, for years trained with the boys and, and, and you know, I feel comfortable in that space. But I, I recognise that a lot of, you know, men and women don't feel comfortable in that space. So Totally, yeah. yeah. And, and I think... W- we are all very aware of the the benefits of genuine uh, strength training, yeah. but I think there are quite a lot of barriers. So not just the the gym environment, but also the biggest myth that I get is, oh yeah, but that'll make me bulky. Yeah, what is is that? Uh, your thoughts on that as well? Yeah, I always say, ask any skinny guy at the gym how hard it is to put on muscle. Like yeah, it's right. really hard. Yeah, even you know, I run lifting courses for for women and. I'll still ask the question because it's like, right, you've come here. So you know that you want to learn how to lift weights. But I'll still ask the question, you know, are you worried that you're going to get too bulky or too muscly? And then a few like stray hands come up and they're like, yeah, we sort of do. You would have to work really, really, really hard to really put on a lot of size. The reality is most people entering into weightlifting, if they're doing, you know, one or two strength sessions a week, 
not going to happen. Like so, it's 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 one of those things. You know, if you're really worried about it, find out if it's true and find out if it's true by actually doing it and seeing. If you put on a ton of size real quick, I would doubt that that would happen. Maybe you're that kind of you know outlier, but. For yeah. most, for most people, for most women, that's not the case unless you get on the juice, and then that's a different conversation. That's a very different conversation. <laughs> very different kind of juice. Yeah. I mean, like personally, I've I've been trying to gain muscle for for many years, and this is mm. how far I've got. So it it is quite um, not frustrating because I understand where it comes from, but it's just one of those rumors, those myths that I just am so passionate yeah. about dispelling. Yeah, because we we know very well that nutrition plays. Yeah. Uh, maybe you know a bigger role in the in the building of muscle rather mm. than just you know swinging mm. a kettlebell a few times. But <laughs> this is one of the things, and I think as a, a female in fitness, I'm I sort of entered the industry being very body conscious, if I'm mm. honest. And thankfully, as I've evolved, it's actually I don't think about it now. I don't consider it, but I'm very aware of what other people think. As in your time, in your 16 years, have you seen an evolution since? fit girl about town to, to now. <laughs> oh, God. Training and weightlifting and what it does for your body is a thing that you have to experience and feel. Um, you feel better. The feeling is good when you feel strong. But there is still a lot of people that want to be as slim as possible, dare I even say skinny. And it is what it is. Yes, it has changed again. More women are like, yeah, I'm going to lift weights which is fantastic. But there are also some women that kind of want to stay tiny, which is fine mm-hmm. if that's their choice. So, But it, it is changing. It is changing. And, and people want different things. So, For me, from a professional standpoint, it's it's kind of the, the no judgment. And whatever your yeah. goal is, you know, I'm happy exactly. to, to get you there in a healthy and, and safe way. I think yeah. that the, the challenge is when People start to to make comparisons and, you know, they want to look a certain way and actually what's being portrayed or the method in order to get there is is probably not the principle they're talking about. So I think yeah. that's, that's a real challenge. So um, what would you say to someone who's out there and saying, I've heard about this lifting. All right, Joss, you've convinced me. I want to be strong. Where do I start? I would say... Find a pal maybe to go on the journey with. I think it's always useful to kind of bounce off somebody. And then go and see if you can find, you know, a lifting class. Go to the gym, see if you can find a PT that's going to teach you. There are so many different ways that you can do it. You know, I would say be consistent with it. Give it a chance. And, not, you know, you're not necessarily going to make changes over overnight if ever I'm doing any kind of plan or I'm expecting to see progress I'll give myself at least 12 weeks before I'm like okay what's what's working here what's not working um if you don't have the patience to give yourself that time then you may not get to where you want to get to find a PT find a a, you know a class that does lifting there are lots of different ways to do it um unfortunately maybe there are some spaces where it's maybe not taught in the right way and that's just you just have to kind of make the best judgment call that you can on that. Um, you want to make sure that if you're with a trainer or in a class setting, that they're mindful of any injuries that you might have. If something doesn't feel right, they should be able to correct it for you or give you some sort of regression. Yeah. Um, you should leave knowing that there's something that you can do, even if it's not the thing that they set out for you to do in the first place. So, Absolutely. Yeah. V- very good advice. Yeah. 
And I think also going back to sort of being a bit more uh, women specific, especially in a group environment, I guess, it's very difficult to have a specific plan or have the ability to adapt for women. Yep. So there's many training considerations for women that in a big group setting with, with guys and gals, yeah. that isn't necessarily applied. One of the biggest questions I get asked is how I stay motivated to be active beyond my day job as a trainer. I need to ensure I'm moving enough and also if I have had a particularly active day, I need to ensure I'm fueling my body enough to perform. I can't talk enough about the benefits of managing your sleep and the quality of it. Going from a stressful or high energy job to having to wind down and get an early night can sometimes be a challenge and it definitely affects how I feel and how much energy I have the next day. My Fitbit helps me to track the various sleep stages I'm in, from light sleep to deep sleep, right through to REM. So if I haven't managed to get a solid seven to eight hours, I need to be aware that I might not be on top form for the next day. By tracking my personal stats through features like heart rate monitoring, active minutes over the day, as well as my sleep data, I have a much better understanding of my overall health. So for, for everyone listening, if you had a few knowledge bombs mm-hmm. on the key things to watch out when, when training women or you're a woman following a plan, because I know that time of the month I'm going to be weak as hell. So I, you know, I'm aware of it and I actively scale back. So what advice yeah. maybe would you give? Yeah, I've been asked this before of, you know, whether I train men and women differently. I don't necessarily train them differently, but I do make women aware um, of how their training may be affected by their their cycle. And again, just going back to training them differently, you know, exercise is exercise and movement is movement. So there's nothing that either can or cannot do. Yeah. But in and around your cycle, the pelvic floor physio that I work with, Helen Keeble, who's amazing, she talks about your cycle in terms of spring, summer, autumn and winter. Okay. And spring and summer are from the day that you would get your period up until you ovulate. Yeah. And then autumn and winter are uh, post-ovulation back to the day that you get your period. Um, so if you think of that spring, summertime, spring would be the start of your period. Some women want to feel amazing. Mm-hmm. Others are like, I feel like crap, I don't want to train at all. And that's fine. Uh, just before I go on with this, track everything. Track how you feel throughout the month and also track your period as well because that will just give you a lot of information to to work with. The more you the more information you have about yourself for yourself, the better informed you are to make decisions for yourself. Um so start of your period you might feel great, you might feel aw- awesome or awful even. Yeah. <laughs> um so just be be mindful of that. As you move throughout those roughly 2 weeks um up until ovulation, your recovery is better during that time yeah. um, as estrogen builds. You can work at a higher intensity. Yeah. You will probably PB or do awesome in your training session as you reach ovulation. So that's the time to really, really go for it. Post ovulation, you're on the the downward, not the downward spiral, <laughs> but the downturn. And that's your autumn winter phase. And that's just be mindful that you're not going to recover as well. You may not feel, you know, you may have felt amazing in the session the week before and all of a sudden you feel like rubbish, you know, during that autumn winter phase, particularly the winter phase. Um, So just be mindful of that and adapt your training around that. So spring, summer, high volume, go for it. You're going to be stronger, fitter, faster. Yeah. Autumn, winter, take it down a peg and your body's just going to going to thank you for it. Um, Interestingly, going back to Helen, who I spoke about before, she spoke of a study where they had different training programs for 
women during the whole of their menstrual cycle. And one group, I'm, I'm probably quote, quoting this wrong, but one group uh, really, really focused their training around those first two weeks in terms of their strength work. Yeah. And then maybe did, let's say they did strength training three times a week during that spring summer period. And then the autumn winter, they stripped it back to once a week. The other group uh, trained maybe two or three times a week throughout the whole um, yeah. cycle. They didn't change anything. And actually the group that intensified the training in that spring summer phase yeah. actually ended up with better results yeah. than the women that trained throughout. So do respond to how your body is is working throughout the month. Yeah. I do get a lot of athletes go, oh, what about us? Then, you know, we don't get to choose when we compete. We don't get to choose yeah. that pinnacle time to, yeah. to PB. But it's just, again, just be mindful around it. You, you, if you know where you are in your cycle, then you're going to help your body, you know, as best you can. Again, just one more thing on that. In spring, summer, um, you will benefit more from eating um, additional carbohydrates in that phase. Okay. Autumn, winter, you'll benefit more from eating more fats in that phase. I, I think um, there's there's um, with with this from a women's considerations and kind of pre and postnatal, and even to everyday athlete, not just you know women specific. We have to feel confident and empowered to know when today is not our day. Yeah. 100%. And 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 adapt, and I think there is so much pressure to be keeping up with keeping yeah. up, and you forget that. Hang on, you know. Yeah. I always say this to Usain Bolt: doesn't sprint every day. Yeah, one hundred percent. You're you're building up to to something. Yeah, and if you're not actually a professional athlete. Yeah. What are you training for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't exactly. beat yourself up. Now I'm in a better place and I'm I'm far more educated. I'm training to be able to train when I'm 60. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not That's to, it. you know, to hit that that sprint that yeah. will probably break my knees. Yeah, yeah, At yeah. five foot two, three, actually, five foot yeah. three. That's very important. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, it's just one of those things that I think people get very frustrated. And I, I guess yeah. this will bring me on to my... My next topic, which um, I know we've had a couple of conversations about historically, I feel very passionately about, but it is, you know, the comparison on social media mm. is mm. that, you know, so-and-so is doing is doing this today yeah. and, God, I haven't even got out of bed and everyone's yeah, yeah, rise yeah. and grind. Yeah. I've opened my, my phone before I've even gone to work. I'm, I'm yeah. stressed because yeah. I haven't achieved. Yeah. So, yeah. obviously, you've started your career sort of having a blog yeah. But this was that was probably before Instagram, right? I mean, Facebook wasn't even around when I was okay, at university. There you go. Wow. So I'm just thankful for that history wiped. I'm like, whew. Yeah, uh, Jocelyn was at the bar, Bell. <laughs> Literally again, tagged every in. night. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so let's think about it even prior to social media, we would think about magazine covers and how yeah. that may make you know people feel. Um, for me, part of it, I think there has to be a certain amount of, of responsibility on everyone's part to recognise that whether it's a magazine cover, whether it's, you know, an, an image on Instagram or Facebook or wherever, it may not be the, the true image. It is a bit of a highlight reel. Um, so you've got to kind of have a bit of self-control there and just be like, okay, what am I comparing myself to? Am yeah. I comparing myself to reality or am I comparing myself to, you know, the finished The match of product? the day. You know, I think, yeah, if, if an account or if, if someone that you follow makes you feel not great, You've got to take the responsibility to to unfollow them. Social media is is certainly here to stay for a while. Yeah. Um, so if it's having a negative impact on you, you've got to then take the next steps to reduce that impact. I'm saying that for people who are you know a little bit older. I know for teens and for for younger kids, it's it's a different story. And I'm I'm sure that lots of people are working in and around uh, mental health with how we can kind of prevent that from becoming a really 
negative thing because it is for a lot of young kids, which is yeah. such a shame. Um, but I, I think first and foremost, you've got to take some responsibility. If something is is making you not feel good about yourself, you've got to get in control of that. And then, you know, there's there's a lot of positive aspects about social media as well, but it, it's something that has to be really, really managed. Um, and I think that because it's here certainly for a while, everybody has to have that individual responsibility of, right, if this is not making me feel good, I need to take myself off it. I need to stop following these people. It's to me, I'm, I'm, it's a little bit like a responsibility thing. You have to, you have to start owning that. hundred percent. I, I, I have such a, a love, a dislike relationship with it because yeah. I see all the, the amazing benefits it has in terms of awareness, education, the ability to connect with people I wouldn't necessarily engage with. Yeah. But I'm going to say it, there's a truckload of shit on there. <laughs> yes. And it is so frustrating because yeah. there's some relatively useless workouts um, on there promising yeah. absolutely unachievable results. And I guess yeah. my concern, you know, professionally is that followers... Or people will think, assume followers means knowledge. Yeah. So it's a no wonder everyone's really confused. So yeah. Yeah. as a tool for sort of women in fitness, what, what do you what do you think and how do you use your Instagram for that? I completely agree that there is a, a, a ton of shit. Very out well there. said, a truckload of shit. <laughs> a truckload of shit. <laughs> Let it out, girl. Um, you know, if I'm I do a lot of um online programming and because I add a lot of rehab stuff into that, sometimes I have to the system that I use already has some videos in it preset that I can give my clients. Um, but often I'll be looking for different exercises and I could go onto YouTube to find a video. It could take me an hour to find a video that has the, the exact form, form that yeah. I want. And that's kind of like, wow, I've trolled through 15 videos that are just not right. Yeah. And there's been a ton of views and there's a ton of people out there doing it wrong, which is, yeah, really frustrating. Mm-hmm. But I can either complain about it or I can try and, you know, change that, which Completely is part agree. of the work that I'm doing now. So with, you know, all of these sites or, or programs um, or whatever that may not be ideal, if it, you know, affects positive change in one person, then that, that that's doing some good again it comes back to the responsibility of the individual are you in pain are you getting results for women have are you still menstruating if you're not doing any of those then speak to the individual that's programming for you um and see what they have to say if they have nothing to say or tell you that it it couldn't possibly be them then it's time to move on so again it comes back to start owning where you are in your own journey and then you know figure that out along the way you know, don't kind of, I think often if we if we exchange money for a service or a product, um, then the you feel like the onus is, is on the person who's then delivering that service or delivering that product. It's not, it still comes back to, to you and how you feel um, and whether you feel like something's working or not. So Yeah, I, th- I think that's super powerful. I think it's very easy for us as individuals to blame something else, yeah. a person, uh, you know, I see on Instagram probably a hundred times a day. Consistency is key. It's true that if it, if you're not experiencing the results that you hope, yeah. the only person that can change that is is you. Yeah. So I I, I really like that. Um, yeah. To take to take control of it, and I think from a a social media perspective, it's um it can sometimes feel, especially sort of a professional in the industry, that if you don't have a big number of followers, perhaps you're not as important or Mm. your professional opinion doesn't mean as much. But Mm. I feel like, you know, the quick fix products that we're seeing, and, you know, you said yourself, 
you need a minimum of 12 weeks mm. to, to start to see any sort of change. Mm. And we see these seven-day things. Yeah. And I feel like people are getting more savvy and people mm. are starting to call people out more. Yeah. What, yeah. Are you seeing this? What do you think of that? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, a lot of these things have been around um, long enough and people have been doing them and they're not necessarily getting the results and they're like, oh, wait a minute. Now, that being said... If you're doing a program that promises something in seven days, you are somebody that wants a quick fix. And yeah. when you don't get it from that, you'll go to the next thing and you'll go to the next thing and you'll go to the next thing. And some people do that their whole lives. Mm-hmm. You know, they might fall upon a product or a service that actually changes that. Mm-hmm. But again, it comes back to have you given yourself a chance over a long period of time? The results don't come from the the quick fix, they come from the boring stuff yeah. that you do day in, day out. That's not that sexy. That feels like it's not actually doing anything. Yeah. Um, and that's the stuff that gives you results. And that, that that's the real challenge, I think, for a lot of trainers is convincing people that the not so sexy stuff is actually what's going to get them to where they want to go to. And that that's an ongoing journey of convincing people. <laughs> so, so are you saying that doing a jump squat on a bozu ball with a beach band around <laughs> your head doesn't help? Babe. I am. I'm. I need to sort this out. I need to start on following people right away. But I think with you know with Instagram, it's it's very easy to, as you say, to sort of say, oh, you know, there's all this stuff going on. But you're right. We are in control of what mm. we view. If you don't like it, unfollow it. If yeah. you're not feeling good about something, you are the only person that can make a change. Yeah. So I absolutely love that. Love yeah. that attitude. Thank you so much. Moving on to another topic that I wanted to talk to you about because. Again, one of the the other things that inspires me most is your your mindset, personally, but also professionally. As I've been fortunate enough to be be coached by you on on many occasions, <laughs> and I'll never forget a lift I tried to do at CrossFit Thames. It was a power snatch, and I was in a, in Struggle City, <laughs> walked up to the bar, and just couldn't do it. And and you said, walk away from the bar, come back to it, and you said, don't listen to yourself talk to yourself and I can't tell you how much that has stayed with me because you know similar to taking control of your own destiny you can listen to the the mind monkeys and that this is a risk Laura don't do it you're rubbish at power Mm. snatching or you can say I'm gonna this is I'm gonna Mm. lift this Mm. um and and your mindset um seems to me to have something that you focus on and that you perceive to have a lot of value when you execute it with the the strength rising uh, workshop series that I came to with uh, your your pal Lisa mm-hmm. Price. Yeah. So what what importance do you put on it, and how does it transfer into your your life and your training life? Yeah. Um. Well. Yeah. The 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 quote that you were talking about actually I can't claim it as my own because it came from um a fantastic guy a guy called Jason Sewer, mm-hmm. and uh, and and it was um stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. Yeah. Um. And I think that's so. The voice is always there. Um. Yeah. Another guy I've now Stephen Pressfield um talk, refers to it as resistance and it's it's always there and as long as you almost make friends with resistance mm-hmm. and you know it's there you're kind of like yeah I can hear you but. This is this is where I'm going to go. I think that uh, mindset is is huge. Mm-hmm. I think it's the difference between um, whatever your perception of success is or not. You could have the best business plan. You could have the best training plan. Um, you could have the best life plan. If there's doubt in your mind about that and what you, what you're capable of, it doesn't happen. Yeah. And all of the work that I do now focuses a lot on 
mindset because that's the thing that needs to to shift or that's the thing that you have to become familiar with in order to move on. And that's not to say that you will, you know, do a mindset piece or a mindset exercise and then you're cool forever. It's an ongoing yeah. process. It, it never ends. And if something's not working for me, um, I will put the, whatever it is aside, go back to the mindset piece mm. and then go into it again. It's it's the priority for me on, on everything because, you know, mindset and perception are, are huge. They'll change your world, basically. So it's hugely important. Yeah. And I remember the one exercise in your Strength Rising workshop that you gave us to do, which was um, share a time where... Uh, you you did you you failed something so you failed a lift for example mm. so I, I wrote that down when I failed my two hundred and thirty kilo deadlift mm. <laughs> that was it was tough you I was made so the two twenty five uh, yeah was that extra I was five so kilos. close it's tiny the, the the donut the donut plates I couldn't do it so um I, and I wrote down as, as at your request how did I feel mm. um, how was I feeling at the time did I feel like I was going to lift it and, and how did I feel after? And actually when I, I really thought about it, I, I'd failed it before I'd even yeah. gone to the bar. And, and this is one of those things that I think we are very quick to believe that we can't mm. do something. And, mm. uh, and, and I, um, I was actually, I was fortunate enough to interview um, Samantha Briggs Amazing. a while ago yeah. and I said Sam to her, fantastic. Yeah. She's, she, I mean, she's, she's unbelievable. Is next level. Yeah. And I said, I said, Sam, when you, you go up to, to the bar, you look so chilled. What's mm. going on? P- please tell me there's yeah. some panic in there so that, <laughs> you know, I don't feel completely inferior. And she, and she said, she said she actually listened to a, po- um, a podcast from Brent Fakowski. He mm. said when he went up to the bar, he, he looks at it and he says, I am the man. You are the man. And repeats it. Right. And she said, if it's good enough for Brent, I'm going to do it. Yeah. So that's what she says. Wow, and okay. she doesn't change it to I'm the woman. Yeah. She, said, yeah, yeah, she just says, I am I am the man, you are the man, which I thought yeah. was fantastic. So yeah, now yeah, you know yeah. what yeah. Sam's good. thinking. Now, now I need to say that for everything. What, what does, what does, half, be half the woman, Sam Briggs. I know. <laughs> I, I'll settle for 1% of Sam Briggs. <laughs> Literally. That, that'll do. Um, but when, when you're coming up to something that you're – a bit nervous about, or, you know, it could be a lift or, or, or a project that you're working on that you, is, is of great importance to you. How mm. are you feeling and how do you manage your, your own head? Yeah. Um, well, I did, I worked with a sports psychologist um, for a while, um, particularly when I was um, competing. And uh, she taught me so much and taught me actually that exercise that we went through um, that you did on the on the lifting course. If it's something like a lift um, or, you know, I'm going to do a talk or something like that, I will just try and get into the moment by just listening to the sounds around me because it sort of fo- uh, forces you to get out of your head and just listen to what's going on around you. And it's quite a calming thing. So if I feel like my heart's racing or I'm nervous about something, I'll just take a few breaths and then just listen to the sounds going on around me and just p- pay attention to those little things that are happening in and around. And it just really, really calms me down. So that's kind of what I do. If I am working on a project or there's some some big thing happening and I start to stress about it, I will first of all ask myself, you know, is it true? Like, is this thing that I'm worrying about, yeah. is it true? More often than not, <laughs> it's not true. Yeah. And if it is true, um, what can I do right now to to change that? 
Mm-hmm. Um, again, that was something that that Katie used to say to me. Katie Page, um, she used to say, you know, I would be like, and Katie, and another thing, this is how I'm feeling, and then she'd say, is it true? And I'd be like, well, I don't know. So she's like, right, so you have no proof, and I'm like, oh yeah, true, okay. And then she would say, right, what can we do about that now to change that? So, and mm-hmm. I think like. 80 to 90% of the things that we worry about aren't true. But worry is this massive thing that just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And of course, the more attention you pay to it, the bigger it gets. So just kind of stopping yourself again, stop listening, start asking or start talking. Is it true? Oh, actually, no, it's not. Right. Okay. What's your next step? So, yeah. Yeah. Powerful. That's what I do. Yeah. (laughs) Is it true? No. Is it true? No. All right. Carry on. No, it's. Yeah, it's, it's also a way to procrastinate because you can worry about something and then when you realise it's not true and you actually have to get on with it, you're like, yeah, oh, oh shit, I thought that I was happy in that worry space. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, we, we can get very stuck in, in that space. Yeah, I get a lot of people ask me, how do I, why am I always so motivated? Yeah. And I think this is another thing going back to social media is that it is my match of the day, right? It's my highlights. Yeah. It's not yeah. me crying into my laptop because my yeah. programming's just <laughs> shut down by accident. I've got to do it all again. Like, yeah. It is, it's one of those things that I always say, I'm not always motivated. Mm. In fact, you know, I'll, I'll wake up some days and I'll be like, not today. Yeah. But I have got such relentless discipline mm-hmm. that I, I get it done anyway. Mm-hmm. What motivates you? And in, in the lack of motivation, what, what gets you through? Yeah, um, I think I am mostly motivated by seeing change in the people that I that I work with change in the in the projects that I'm working on so that kind of motivates me if I see something that yeah I want change I'm like right okay keep working at that do I wake up some mornings and feel like I'm not in the mood oh 100% <laughs> but I feel um particularly now particularly at the moment I feel everything that I'm working on I just love so much that it doesn't feel like it's hard to do and don't get me wrong throughout my 16 years in fitness there have been plenty of times there have been plenty of years where I've just been like do I even want to do this anymore Mm. but that is that kind of comes with the territory it's not this kind of linear you know path that's like sunshine and roses the whole way but I feel now I'm at a place where I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. So Amazing. everything is just kind of motivating within itself. Um, and I'm sure, you know, it could be tomorrow, it could be next month, it could be next year where I'm like, actually, no, this sucks a bit. Let me change something. But that's that's part and parcel of the, the path. So kind yeah. of, yeah. That's that's reality right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so given how many people you inspire globally um, over the last 16 years, who inspires you? I think I'm really inspired by people who do their own thing, like don't necessarily go the conventional route. So if I'm chatting with someone, they're like, yeah, I'm just kind of starting this thing. I'm like, oh, I perk up. I'm like, oh, tell me about it. Like I just yeah. kind of like people that I work with um, – inspire me in terms of my clients you know I work with some incredible athletes and I work with um people who would consider themselves not to be athletic at all um but actually you know one client for example he he said to me do you know what? I can tie my shoelaces for the first time in 10 years wow and he said that's nothing to you and I was like that is everything to yeah, me like that is that's changed your life that's that's huge you know if 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 I'm working with an athlete I'm speaking with their physios, I'm speaking with their nutrition, I'm speaking with all the people surrounding them making their life work. Mm -hmm. For Joe, who's 60, 
and you know commits to one session a week and does some additional stuff that he can tie his shoelaces that's really inspiring to me the the last part that i want to talk to you about is the first uh, female training facility yeah. style is strong so congratulations on that yeah, so Justin is the creative director for this new training zone, which is no bicep curls in the squat rack, no guys. It is a, a fully empowering space for women to genuinely get strong. Tell us about that. It was kind of a project that I couldn't turn down, really, given the the um, work that I focus on. And uh, Stylist, as a, as a magazine, have never gone near uh, fitness or training because they didn't want to go near um, body image, which I thought, which I think is really, really great. But they kind of did a poll out to their readers and their readers wanted more fitness stuff. So they were like, OK, let's do this. Uh, so I was uh, brought on uh, by um, a lovely girl called Jane Robinson. And uh, she said, you know, would you be interested in this project? And I was like, yeah, definitely. Initially, some of the things that they wanted was for women to feel, to get that feeling that they got when they, you know, got a PB with a barbell but we only have kettlebells and, and dumbbells so it's kind of like okay we, we're not going to have that PB experience yeah. but let's provide um, a space in which we can teach them how to train yeah. uh, with weights and do it safely um, so I developed three different um, types of classes there's um, classic strength uh, everyday strength and performance strength. The okay. classic strength class is going to be the closest to um, your compound lifts that you'd be familiar with, your deadlifts, your squats and just basically working all of those pieces across what effectively is a two-month um, full cycle. So it's it's different across the week, it's different across the month, but the whole program works across um, eight weeks in total. So it's, it's progression. When I was, when I was programming that, I didn't realise that some classes, obviously I've got, I come from a PT background, um, some classes are the same class every day for six weeks or eight weeks. I was like, really? Okay, cool. Uh, people do that? Okay, great. Um, but anyway, it's it's progressive across the eight weeks. Um, so that's the uh, classic strength. Then everyday strength is for women who are definitely nervous about lifting weights, mm -hmm. um, but know that they probably should do something yeah. with weights. Um, so I've got a lot of unilateral work within that so they can really see any muscular imbalances that they have um, and that they can they can work towards that basically. Um, full mobility warm-up at the start, again, that will highlight any kind of imbalances that they have. Yeah. And then the final class is performance strength and that is for uh, women who are maybe doing 5Ks or 10Ks, triathlons, marathons, uh, any of the adventure races and they know that the cardiovascular work that, they, that they're doing has to be or should be complemented with some strength work don't I just and, know that <laughs> <laughs> and um, so that is geared around um, getting people strong for those kinds of of races so and um, we kind of pull from the classic strength class and the everyday strength class so there's like bilateral strength unilateral strength and then I add in uh, some of the Olympic lifts into that so some okay. dumbbell cleans uh, dumbbell snatches which is really fun so we work up into some complexes with that um, and also in that class there's a mindset piece as well so at the start um, it's just a, a small period of time where they visualize and um, what su success looks like for that race so yeah that's amazing you know group fitness and fitness in, in London especially is is absolutely incredible and as you say CrossFit has had a huge impact in sort of people's participation but it is a rarity I feel especially in small groups to actually truly slow it down yeah. and learn how to move well and yeah. don't worry about, you know, lifting the most weight. Make sure you're moving safely yeah. first. Yeah. If it feels good, then you can start to progress. Yeah. And 100%. like you said, you know, if you're doing the same 
class every single week, what yeah. are you going to be good at? That yeah. that class. Doing that class. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, um, and there are, as I've just learnt in the running community over the last 16 <laughs> weeks, you know, there's there's people that just run to, yeah. to get better at running. Yeah. And I think being strong has no disadvantages mm. um, in, in our world. And I think yeah. it's just one of those things that just does look a bit frightening. Yeah. But the benefits are incredible, not just physically, yeah. but mentally too. So that's, yeah. that's so amazing to hear. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait to see it. When, yeah, does, it, when does it launch? Next month, May. So, in May. Um, yeah, very soon. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, just, just, just <laughs> another project to add. So if you haven't um, got enough on already... What's next for Justin Thompson Roy? And it could be Ooh. what you're doing later today. There's no pressure on this. <laughs> Just continuing with the education piece. I think love educating, uh, continue, uh, you know, also educating myself, but educating others. And I think for me, it's about developing female coaches and making sure that they feel like they have a voice in the industry. Yeah. Um, it's it's a very male dominated space. And, and all of my mentors have been guys and I'm super grateful for them. But I know that new women coming up into the industry, um, you know, it has changed and it has changed with with social media. When I first started 16 years ago, I was able just to get on with my work, watch what trainers were doing. There was no one to compare myself with outside of the training space that I was in. So it was a very yeah. different space. Um, it is different now. So I just want to provide that support for um, for women coming up in the industry and you know let's all do it together like it 100%. shouldn't be a competition there's there's enough space for everybody I completely agree I completely agree well that brings us to a, a close so thank you so Yay, much for your, your time you. today and as a fellow woman in fitness thank you so much for all that you do oh, um, for Likewise. me and, and, and millions of others in sharing your, your vast experience oh, um, thank you and, and yeah congratulations on being a new mum that's, that's, that's the biggest thing <laughs> So, um, so thank you so much. No, absolute pleasure. Thank you, Laura. And that's it, team. Another episode down. And as ever, I want to round this up with a final thank you to all the gang at Fitbit. Because without the team there, this podcast wouldn't be possible. Using all the resources I can access with my Fitbit means I can utilise personalised insights and have guidance on how to improve my overall health and well-being. At the end of each day, I like to check my stats to just evaluate my day and gives me the reassurance I need that I am pursuing a healthy and active lifestyle. See you next time, team.